Boom, good afternoon. Yo, yo, what's going on, man? You doing? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We got Coach Coach B Brandon on the on the on the live right now. You know, this is Shelby McNeil podcast. You know, shout out to Checkmate Sports. Shout out to Lee Boys in Progress. Um, so give give me a brief. Give the people a brief little. Who are you? Before I get okay. To- Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, so, uh, you know, as my guy said, I'm Coach B, really Coach Smooth. Um, I put together uh, my training program, a skill development program, Smooth Moves Training. Um, it originated in Oakland, California. Shouts out to the Bay Area. Um, and then from there, I've just been building eventually. You know, I'm trying to get this into a city near you, wherever you Okay. You'll need for your kids in order for them to step up to the next plateau, um, in order for them to uh, make a way for themselves into the game. Um, but it's more than skill development training. It's also, you know, full, um, you know, building of, a, of an entire person. You know, I don't like to just build basketball players. I want to build whole people. So, uh, you know, just a kid coming from, uh, you know, Atlanta, and my dad was in the military, uh, so I moved around a lot. So I just, I kind of got to see a bunch of different things as a kid. And as I've grown up, I started to realize that my uh, upbringing was a lot different than other people's. So I want to be able to give, uh, you know, a couple of things that I've learned and seen uh, along the way through my own basketball journey uh, to, you know, be able to bring it home to other people uh, and be able to bring it home to these kids. Okay, cool. That's a good brief, brief, brief. Y'all hear it, people. You know what I mean? That was a good brief bio. Okay, cool. So let's go from the beginning. The beginning. Where are you from? Okay. Uh, So, man, I am actually from everywhere. You know, uh, like I said, my dad is uh, in the military. So technically, I was uh, born in Kansas. Uh, but I don't really uh, know what that place looks like. Soon after that, uh, he was uh, stationed then in Germany. Uh, and my mom is from College Park. She's from Atlanta. So uh, in between, bouncing in between Atlanta and wherever my dad was stationed was pretty much, you know, where I came from. But most people uh, know me, you know, I've come from Riverdale, Georgia, South Side Atlanta. Um, that's where I pretty much grew up and moved back and forth. Okay, cool. All right. So when did you get the love of basketball? What at what age? Oh man. Um I've been bouncing the ball since I was like five. Um my dad always played. Um he played for post teams, he played in college, played in uh, high school, you know, so um I've had it in me from from real real young age so yeah about about five is probably the earliest that I can remember you know putting on a jersey or sitting somewhere watching my dad play basketball or something like that that's when okay. that's what's up that's what's up so give me a brief so how did you know walk me through elementary or junior high and high school with your basketball career how that play out got you okay um so 
elementary, uh, you know, basketball was really just elementary to me. You know, it really came uh, natural with my dad playing. And, um, you know, me kind of just being a little bit taller than most kids. Um, I want to say I was probably like five nine, and like by like the eighth grade, um, had my first dunk, had my first uh, fifty point game in the eighth grade. Um, you know, uh, as I went through the rankings, I won a couple region player of the year type stuff. Um, I was actually co uh, co region uh, player of the year uh, with a kid named May Stallworth. Uh, we went, wound up going to Moorhead State and wound up being there. Uh, one of their number, number like uh, number top ten scoring guys or whatever. So you know, I've been around a pretty good, solid pedigree of guys. I played AU with um, Mike Conley, Jeff Keeley, Greg Oden, um, you know, Bill Skywalker. Like I, you know, so I, I've, I've been. Uh, blessed to be in a situation where I've been, you know, one of the top players or, you know, at least a, a sleeper in a lot of areas. Um, okay. I played on, uh, I was selected to the uh, Kentucky All-Star team in 2006. Uh, if anybody knows, you know, the Indiana-Kentucky uh, rivalry as far as basketball goes. Uh, so I was able to be a part of that. Um, then from there, I got a scholarship to go and play for Bowling Green State, uh, Division One school in the MAC conference. Uh, played there, left there, um, went to a junior college. We wound up finishing uh, number two uh, in the national championship game that year. Uh, got sick of Ohio, wound up going. You there? Yes, wound up going to Columbus University, yeah. uh, Columbus yeah. State University for two years. Uh, okay. Out. And uh, since then, I just, I've been hooping, man. I've played in a couple of different um, pro-ams. I've played in California. I've played in some tours in uh, Mexico. Just, uh, you know, keeping the hoop dream alive, man. I, I still, uh, you know, looking for active contracts to go overseas. Uh, you know, exactly. I just I just like to keep myself, you know, still moving. I can play this game uh, at a very high level. And so uh, okay. I think that actually is a thing that makes me um, the trainer that I am, is that I, I, I do the things that I, you know, put my kids through on a day. Okay, so did you run into all, so, so far, that, that was a good resume that you went through. Um, so all through that um, resume you just named of going through elementary all the way up to current what type of um difficulties and difficult situations you had to overcome oh man so uh the actual reason that i uh wound up leaving bowling green um my freshman year going into my sophomore year is because i actually got into um an altercation with the head coach that was there at the time um, he wound up uh, having some pretty racial comments or, you know, acting in some ways that uh, were very demeaning towards myself. And so um, during that time, I almost quit basketball. I almost, you know, went the, the opposite, total opposite direction. Um, it was actually uh, my dad wound up having to come back from Korea where he was stationed at the time 
um, to really like push me back into playing basketball at all. So uh, okay, you know, shout it, out, it was, shout out to dad, shout out to dad. Yeah, pop saved my life for real, for real. That's my guy. Okay, cool. All right. So, what was your? That was the only co- couple college offers that you um that you um that you had got. You know, no, I actually, man, I got a couple different offers. I had an offer um, to Bethune Cookman. Um, I actually had an offer to um, Tuskegee, uh, a couple of other um, HBCUs. Um, at the time, I just was trying to get away from Kentucky. Um, <laughs> and so at that time, I was just like, yo, this, this Ohio move looks solid. The team looked good. I think I was coming in as a point guard, shooting guard behind uh, one of the top guards, uh, top scorers in the entire country uh, at that time. And so, uh, you know, I just felt like it, was, it would be a good place for me, a good place for me to be able to display my talent um, with a, with what I thought was a coaching staff that really supported me. Um, wanted me to fluster or, or wanted me to, you know, flourish throughout my year and wound up being more of a flustering thing uh, when it all came down to it. Okay, cool. All right. Understandable. Everybody go through their trials and tribulations. But the main thing that you did was you bounced back. Shout out to that. You know, you bounced yeah. back to it. You know, so when did you um, fall in love with um, mentoring, teaching, and training um, young kids? Man, I think it, uh, for me, it started, um, it started way earlier than basketball. I grew up, um, my mom was really, really into the church. And so, of course, you know, I was there uh, for a lot of the time. So I've been like a youth leader, a youth mentor. Like I've been one of those people for pretty much my entire life. Um, And it wasn't until I got a little bit earlier, a little bit uh, older in my life. And I was just like, yo, what do I, what do I want to do? And thinking about my legacy and thinking about, you know, just wanting to leave an actual mark on the world. I'm just like, you know, what is it that I can do that's a real passion of mine that I can, you know, put back into the world. And it, it just clicked. Um, I was sitting down having a conversation with my friend. He was just like, yo, you gotta, you gotta do what it is that you love in order to really, you know, tie in and lock into these people. I'm like, yeah, basketball is really, you know, my my end all be all. Like that's my heart for real. I can do a bunch of things, but that's my thing. It's like I don't understand what we're talking about then. You should be coaching, training, you know, doing whatever you can to, to make sure that you give back. And who better than you with the, you know, the resume that you have. So um, you know, from there it was just like, wow, this is this is really going to be my way to, you know, make waves in, in the universe. And so uh, from there, it just kind of took off. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, any of your kids so far from from since you started to now, um, any like D1 colleges offers or, you know, anything like that? Uh, you know, I kind of, I play the background um, with a lot of that stuff because it's really for the love. Um, you know, I've been blessed to be able to say that I've worked with a lot of guys that have gone different places. Um, and because I understand the training game, there are some guys that will stay with you. There are some guys that will, you know, move around and catch different, different, different trainers and get different things from those trainers. So, um, I'll just say I've had a hand in a lot of guys who, uh, you see on the regular, 
um, that are are really progressing in the game. I don't want to name names. I don't really want to get into that type of stuff. But um, you know, I'm, I'm working on it for sure. Okay, that that's 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 good. I was I was gonna ask you to name names. You know, name naming. You know, that's that's the blame game. But it's cool. <laughs> oh, that, no, that's that's what's up. So, did you ever thought about um, coaching? Uh, yeah, so I actually have coached a couple different times. So I have coached um, for Team Superstar, uh, which is an Adidas Gauntlet, uh, an Adidas Gauntlet team um, in California. Um, I also was their resident trainer for about a year, a uh, year, year and a half. Um, I coached at Mount Diablo High School, um, which is also in uh, the Bay Area in California. Um, and I've also coached a, a couple of different rec teams in San Francisco, as well as Ohio and, and here in Georgia. So uh, I've definitely done the, the coaching thing. Um, I like it, just not as much as I love the actual skill development and getting, getting to lock in with every uh, individual player and being able to kind of mold or help mold their games into what they are. Coaching is is a, a overarching thing um, that sometimes often comes with a lot more stress than, than necessary um, or just want it for myself. Some people so I can't say necessary. Keyword, stress. Yeah. The keyword, because I also go through that here and there with the coaching thing. Um, Especially from transitioning to training to coaching, you know, totally different levels of sport. <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah. Two different classes of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I, I coach when absolutely necessary, um, but I, I'm definitely more of a skill developer. That's, that's what's up, that's what's up. Okay, so how was um, the Bay Area? How was that? Oh man, it's, it's, it's love. So uh, one thing I loved about the Bay Area was the openness to um, pretty much everything. Like what I found out out there was it's always somebody that's doing what you're doing that's willing to connect you to somebody else. And so uh, once I got to developing everything and, you know, writing my business plan out, getting um business cards and putting a website together and all of that stuff like different people just started coming to me like yo i heard you doing this let me help you with this i know you're doing this let me connect you to this person and so it was love man and and i think that the success of smooth moves as we continue to you know move into uh i think almost our sixth year of existence um you know we're, we're continuing to build uh, we got a good, strong head trainer out there um, named Josh. He's definitely killing it out there. So, you know, we just continue trying to continue the motion, man, um, and show the love. The, the Bay Area really put me in a in a mindset of always making sure we show love no matter what. That's what's up. Okay, okay. Um, so, for the young the young cats out there. you would give to the young fellas out there that's trying to um, um 
coaching or training career? Man, uh, just get in and, and, and get to it, man. It, it's no different from basketball. You got to get in. You got to be humble. You got to learn. Um, don't be afraid to, you know, just go into a gym and try to figure it out. Some some of the the, the go-to moves that I have uh, within my game came from me being in the gym and watching other people um, just do their things and adding and taking from the bag and, you know, just doing what resonates towards, you know, the, the truth that you have within you. And so for guys that are, are looking to go into the training game because there are already trainers there, just learn, bro. Like, just learn. I, I think I spend probably a good, man, like five, six hours a day um, looking at other trainers' methods and, and breaking down what, they, what they're bringing to the game and then figuring out how I can remix that and, and add it to, to what it is that I already possess and bring to the game. So it's, it's always a learning thing. You have to come in um, with your humble hat on. Like never, never walk in anywhere thinking you know everything because the game changes, the rules are changing, or we're starting to get uh, different understandings of, of the rules as we continue to go on. So a lot of the stuff you may have been taught when you originally were learning or when you were originally, you know, getting into the game yourself, some of these things are, are obsolete or have been proven, you know, to not be true anymore. So you always gotta have your humble hat on, always gotta be ready to learn. Um, and you always gotta gotta come to it with the attitude of being a servant. Like you gotta you gotta be ready to service these kids. It's not about you. Um, this isn't a, an extension of your playing career. It is you giving everything that you have into these kids in order for kids to you know get what it is, and that's how you get your fulfillment. So you know, I, I advise most people if you're if you're training. Um, and you're playing, you have to make sure that you you, you draw the line between the line in between it. it. Definitely, you know, exactly. you, you gotta separate those. Yeah, two. you gotta definitely have a court pad. That's like playing street ball and playing under the whistle. You can't separate the two. Something gotta Yeah, you're gonna struggle, you know. It's a lot of it's a lot of great street ball players that were never able to make it to college or make it in the pros because they couldn't they couldn't figure out how to how to blend those lines. Yeah. You know, that's 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 the struggle, you know what I mean? A lot a lot of people have, you know, like can't be coachable attitude or just can't get that street mentality basketball game in the park out they yeah. out they game to follow a structured plays under the whistle. Yeah, man. It's a time and place for everything. Like, you know, if you have those skills, it's great. Those skills are going to come in handy at some point. But if you put those skills in the wrong situations, you're going to get like horrific results. Like I, I've seen it. I've seen over dribbling. I've seen, you know, taking part shots in in games where you should have just, you know, done the fundamental thing, go mm. right off the backboard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I, I've seen those things and I've seen, you know, those, those players of those lights disappear. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's one of those things where you got to be able to put it together uh, and you got to be able to have consistency because you never know when your time could be or when somebody could be looking. And, you know, if you do the wrong thing, act the wrong way, you could be setting yourself down a whole different course than what you were originally on. So, you know, you 
gotta gotta be able to play both sides gotta be able to you know blend it all together yeah absolutely right okay cool all right it's a good interview good interview definitely, yeah, pre- definitely and i appreciate it for sure you know what i mean for the for the interview um so before we go since you basketball fanatic you know so everything basketball so um give me a top five goals present or future or past man okay oh yeah uh, and why and why okay okay so um i got jordan number one um ultimate competitor never lost when they counted um a complete dog on both sides of the floor um, I don't think anybody has ever had the year he had where he, you know, was uh, MVP, finals MVP, defensive player of the year. I think he won a scoring title with the thing. Like, the, the man went crazy. You know, I don't think there, was, there will never be a year like that. Um, and he dominated for multiple years, six championships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's hard to beat that. You know what I'm saying? Um, right behind that would be, you know, my, my current GOAT, LeBron James, um, you know, because he just plays the game the right way. Um, and what I like about him is he's taking the flack and, and taking the, you know, the bites down on him not being the ultimate killer um, as far as just taking all of the shots. He's taken that with grace. He's moved within that. He's accepted that. And he still continued to play his game. A lot of people would have try to change to, to fit the narrative or fit, you know, what other people would have wanted. But he stayed true to himself and he still continues to dominate. Bar injuries, the man is, you know, going to wind up number one in a lot of categories that ain't that a lot of people would never touch. Um, behind him, of course, you know, rest in peace to the Mamba. Um, it would have to be, you know, Kobe Bryant, um, another killer. Another person who played both sides of the ball. Um, to me, Kobe take a couple hits, and it's just on some personal stuff, just because of how he carried some other things. But you know, we talking about just basketball. It's, it's not too many people that you can find with the level of dedication and the, the level of doggedness that that man approached the game. Um, after that. For me, it would have to go to pound for pound champion, AI. Um, although he never got a ring, it was literally nothing you could do with that man. Um, changed the game as far as, you know, how things went off, off the court and on the sidelines. Um, you know, it kind of made the game a little more cool. Uh, and, you know, and I've, I've taken his his crossover and I've, I've done my own thing with that a couple of times. So it's just, the level of, of iconic along with, you know, the way that he approached the game definitely uh, would have to be my number four. And then five, I'm going with the big Aristotle. Uh, I don't think it's anybody else that probably affected game plans and how people went at stuff the way that Shaq did. Like, it was nothing you could do with that man. I don't care if you put somebody on him. 7-4, he moving him out the way. Like, a lot of times, you find a lot of bigger guys now that aren't really aggressive. You know, they got a little <laughs> bump down there, you know what I'm saying? Two bumps. Really, they go into a hook or something, you know, or, or a fadeaway jump shot. Shaq was going through you and taking you to the rim 
all of that. You know what I'm saying? You're so going full uh, inside the rim with yeah, the Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put you in there with the basketball. With the so. basketball. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? Like so when when I hoop and I, I play with big men, like I pray to the basketball gods, like that I could find a big man to play with that really wanna play his role down there and really get dirty, get nasty, get you know what I'm saying, get wild with it. Uh and you don't really find them too much. Yeah. Sure, you know? That ever has you know? passed. Got it right, right, all right. That era has passed. That's, that's it. It's like we ain't gonna find no more. Yeah, like the, the the last of the big dogs. So you yeah, know, that would definitely have to be up there for sure. The only one, the only one I thought was gonna maybe be something like that when I first saw him, even though I didn't watch him in college, but a little bit was maybe Greg Oden. He was the last, but he got hurt. So see, and and that was my dog, like personally my dog. So even in that, I could say he had the game for it, but he yeah. wasn't even the personality. Exactly, his personality wasn't matching yeah, his game. Was, yeah, exactly. He was a, yeah. a softer-spoken guy than yes. his game. Definitely. So, definitely. you know, I think that eventually came out. But Shaq was really going to punish you. Yeah, Shaq was going to you, disrespect you verbally and physically at the same Back. time. Facts, big you facts. Know, and that's the thing, you know, and, and you dealing with an alpha male like himself, and then he got the tools to back up to it with the power. Anybody sure. stopping that, man? Like, you know, oh. like, and like he like he said himself, only like four people in the three, three, three big other big men in the league he had problems with, and that was Brian Reese, Hakeem Olajuwon, and um, um, David Robinson. Right. That was it. Anybody else he killed. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And and most of them are, you know what I'm saying, Hall of Fame type players. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the only reason they killed them because at that time they wasn't they they brought him on the outside. Exactly. That's it. You they didn't kill him in the paint. They killed him on the outside. Brought him outside. Let me give yeah. you a little frazzle dazzle. Yeah. We gonna yep. finish we gonna finish this. Baby. Yep, and that was the only reason that they and he could yeah. name that they got the best of him. You know yep. what I mean? When they played against. Other than that, there wasn't no pound for pound. They couldn't deal with him down under that paint. That rim coming on your head. Nothing they could do about it. Rim, glass, yep. all of that. Everything. Everything. With, with the ball in the net. You want to take a picture like you won an NCAA title with that. Fact. Fact. You know, definitely, man. I definitely appreciate this interview, man. You already you know, know, man. My you know. pleasure. We're going to rap a lot more time. Definitely. Definitely. We're going to politics. For sure, for sure, man. Enjoy your day. You already know it, man. You too. Appreciate you for having me. Till next time. No problem.